So let us now receive the word by way of a scripture reading from Peter Min. Uh, today's reading is from the book of Deuteronomy, chapter 9, verses 1 through 2 and 6 through 9. The translation is from the Common English Bible. Now, Israel, in light of all that, listen to the regulations and the case laws that I'm teaching you to follow, so that you may live, enter, and possess the land that the Lord, your ancestors, God, is giving to you. Don't add anything to the word that I am commanding you, and don't take anything away from it. Instead, keep the commands of the Lord your God that I am commanding all of you. Keep them faithfully, because that will show your wisdom and insight to the nations who will hear about all these regulations. They will say, surely this great nation is a wise and insightful people. After all, is there any great nation that has gods as close to it as the Lord our God is close to us whenever we call to him? Or does any great nation have regulations and case laws as righteous as all this instruction that I am setting before you today? But be on guard and watch yourselves closely so that you don't forget the things your eyes saw and so they never leave your mind as long as you live. Teach them to your children and your grandchildren. Word of God, words of life. Thanks be to God. Amen. Amen. And thank you, Peter. And you know what? We give a shout out to the Men family, to you, Peter, Joy, Wesley, and Eleanor, who bring us all so much happiness. Smile, you know, smiles break out and our hearts are wonderfully warmed with your presence. And as we are able, we look forward to reconnecting in person with you soon. Amen. So this morning, friends, we receive, we're going to receive the second message in our Art Plus Faith series from our own Elliot Lawrence, who is vibrant, awesome, He's got a huge heart. He's so talented. And that's just a few descriptive words uh, for this delightful man. So let's greet him with some joy. Uh, before Elliot's message, though, let us be inspired by this morning's special song sung by Melinda, The Way. Through every battle, through every heartbreak, through every circumstance, I believe that you are my fortress, oh, you are my portion, you are my hiding place, I believe you are the way, the truth, the life, I believe you are the way. The truth. The life. I believe through every blessing, through every promise, through every breath I take. I believe that you are provider. Oh, you are protector. You are the one I love I believe you are the way The truth The life I believe you are the way The truth The life I believe you are You are 
And it's a new horizon And I'm set on you And you meet me here today With mercies that are new And all my fears and doubts They can all come true Because they can't stand long When I'm here with you a new horizon and I'm set on you and you meet me here today with mercies that are new and all my fears and doubts they can all come true because I can't stay long when I believe you are the way the truth I believe you are the way, the truth, the life. I believe you are. It's a new horizon. I'm set on you. And you meet me here today with mercies that are new. And all my fears and doubts. All come to because I can't stay long when I believe you are the way, the truth, the life. I believe you are the way, the truth, the life. Thank you, Melinda. Always, always awesome to hear you make a joyful noise. Um, she's the, that's Melinda Hale, uh, whom, I who, um, whom I affectionately refer to as the boss. She is uh, the leader of the worship team of which I feel very pleasant, I mean, very, very honored to be a part of. And thank you, Pastor Mark, for um, inviting me uh, to uh, share some thoughts today. And thank you to the, uh, to the entire Harmony Faith community for uh, for indulging me uh, this opportunity. It's a, it's a true honor and a pleasure to be here. Um, if anybody has any trouble hearing me, uh, let me know. Give me a thumbs down or something. A um, couple of quick things. First and foremost, I come from a uh, faith tradition that sort of dictates that the first thing anybody giving a message says when they step to the uh, podium is, I won't be before you long. Um, generally speaking, that ends up not being exactly accurate, but in this case, I can promise that I won't be before you long. Um, a little bit about me. Um, my name's Elliot Lawrence. I am a musician and edu educator. I'm originally from Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, and uh, I've uh, lived out here in California for a couple of decades, but Pittsburgh was one of those places that you never really stop being from. Uh, but I've been out here for a while. And I, I run a little, uh, as of last June, this past June, I run a little uh, music school in Orange County and uh, Lord willing and the Creek don't rise. That will be true for the foreseeable future. Um, I've spent the last 
20 odd years of my life uh, working as a musician and as, and, and as an educator. Uh, picked up a picked up a bass for the first time on March 8th, uh, 1991. Um, it may seem a little weird and random that I remember that specific date, but since that date has more or less defined the um, every day after it, it makes sense that I would remember it. Um, anyway, I've blessed, I've been blessed to uh, been able to do what I do. Um, and I feel very, very glad about that. Very thankful, very grateful. Um, and a big part of the reason that I have been able to do what I do is because I've had some great teachers, uh, teachers who welcomed me into the creative community and empowered me in two very important ways. Number one, uh, all of my, all the best teachers I've ever had always encouraged me to remember that there is a place for me in the arts community, in the creative community. That was number one. And number two, uh, they showed me the foundations. Uh, they made it a big point to say, um, this is the foundation of the music that you make, that we make, that will be made. This is how you do it. This is why it's done this way, et cetera, et cetera. Um, and at some point I realized that I um, felt very, very passionate about the notion of passing that sort of knowledge on. I decided that um, an important component of the musician culture, for lack of a better term, is making sure that you are um, not just keeping the foundation stable, but seeding the ground to create more great musicians. So I've uh, worked as a teacher for, uh, I think the first time I taught was in 1997. Uh, so I've taught in various and sundry different capacities, uh, different age groups, different settings, and I've always really, really enjoyed it. And so because teaching is so important to me, I've decided to sort of center um, my sharing today around the idea of understanding the assignment. Um, so we're going to talk about understanding the assignment today, and I'm going to do that in part by sharing about a remarkable artist that I uh, learned about as I was preparing for this, an artist by the name of Thelma Johnson Street. Uh, Thelma Johnson Street was born uh, in August of 2000, uh, excuse me, 1912. She was born in August of 1912. Um, she was an artist and a muralist and a dancer and an educator. Um, she was born in Washington State, spent most of her early formative years in the Pacific Northwest, um, mainly in Portland, Oregon, which I'm sure had to have been a very, very interesting time to be a young Black child or a Black family or a Black person in general. Um, in Oregon, uh, a lot of people don't know this, uh, but Oregon was originally sort of conceptualized as, well, there's no, there's no pretty way to put this. It was originally conceptualized as an Anglo, uh, an Anglo utopia. Uh, when it was first granted statehood in 1859, the state of Oregon very specifically and very intentionally created an atmosphere and an environment that wasn't, that was inhospitable to Afri African-Americans and people of color in general, honestly. Um, but as we know, roses often grow out of concrete. And so Thelma uh, learned to thrive there and she thrived early. Um, she began painting at the age of seven, 
discovered a really strong aptitude for it. Uh, by the time she was 18, she had an exhibit at the New York Public Library. So she had already, as a young woman, started to become quite well-known and quite, uh, quite lauded for her abilities as an artist and as a visual storyteller. Um, after she graduated from high school, she moved to San Francisco and she spent a lot of time working with the uh, arts programs run by the Works Progress uh, at, um, organization that was set up by Franklin Delano Roosevelt. Um, it was part of the New Deal and the idea was let's do some initiatives to get people back to work. A lot of it was um, industrial infrastructure in nature, but he also set aside resources and room for arts and artists um, to make sure that a cultural awareness maintained here in the US as the, as the country got back on its feet after the depression of the 30s. Uh, at the age of 30, Thelma Johnson Street uh, created what a lot of people call her for her most famous work. It was called Rabbit Man. And this painting uh, was very widely appreciated. It was actually the very first piece by an African-American woman to be added to the Museum of Modern Art's permanent collection. A year later or so, things got a little more interesting for Thelma in that she uh, painted a painting called Death of a Negro Sailor, uh, which depicted the murder of a Navy man uh, after having come home from uh, doing his duty and defending uh, justice in the American way overseas. He comes home and ends up getting murdered. So he didn't get to enjoy the freedoms that he uh, fought for, which is unfortunately very common even today. And so uh, Thelma Johnson Street uh, painted a painting in commemoration of that. And as you can imagine, it raised quite a few hackles uh, and among other things, drew the attention of the Ku Klux Klan, uh, our favorite organization for coming around to mess things up for people that don't look like them. Um, it seems like they always come around when it's time to try to uh, other people's narratives. Um, Thelma was just telling the truth through her art because she understood the assignment. I want to take a step back and uh, look at our uh, scripture uh, that Peter read a little earlier. Uh, Deuteronomy 4, uh, verses 1 and 2, and then 6 through 9. So just to give you some context, uh, here's what's going on here. Um, Moses is, this. everything we hear in Deuteronomy is Moses uh, addressing his people, the children of Israel. This is actually the second generation of the children of Israel. And um, this is right before, basically, uh, they are about to cross over the River Jordan and enter into the promised land. And uh, at this point, Moses knows that he's not going to be joining them. Uh, he's going to be getting his reward in heaven. So this is, for all intents and purposes, Moses's swan song, his grand finale. Um, in the parlance of entertainment, there's not going to be an encore. So Moses is really, really focused on making sure that he, that they know everything they need to know, because he's not going to be there uh, to tell them anything else or to guide them the way he's guided them 
uh, it, through the wilderness thus far. A big part, so there's, it's a big info dump. He spends a lot of time going over the rules and regulations in order to make sure they can keep their covenant with God. But even before he does that, he spends a lot of time addressing how they got there, how they got to this place, how it came to pass that they were where they were right then. He talks about the history of their people, where they'd been, who they'd encountered, what they did when they encountered them, etc., etc. A lot of time just making sure that everybody knew this is where we came from, building the foundation, right? Where, where they'd been before, what they'd been through. This really resonates with me very strongly as a teacher um, because it's very important, you know, to make sure that the people you're teaching, the people that you're ministering to understand where they came from and how they got there. I um, Several years ago, I had a student come to me uh, for the first time say, Elliot, I'm interested in voice lessons. I want to learn how to be a soul singer. And I was like, uh, okay, that's great. What kind of soul singers are you interested in being like? He's like, uh, and, the, and the little boy was like, I want to be like Sam Smith. And I want to be like Justin Timberlake. Okay, uh, that's all well and good. Um, I also want to make sure that you, you know, you know, are you uh, you familiar with Marvin Gaye, right? He said, Marvin who? Marvin Gaye, the Motown singer. He said, what's Motown? Had to sit down for a second. I was like, okay, so this young man needs to develop a greater understanding. So I started teaching because, so I understood what my assignment was at that point. You know, so I started telling him, okay, all of these singers that you say you enjoy, this is where they got where what what they got from. This is why they do what they do. And this is how they learn to do it. This is the, this. Here's Al Green. Here's Marvin Gaye. Here's Teddy Pendergrass, et cetera, et cetera. So if you're interested in learning how to be a soul singer, this is what you want to study. Um, that's very, very important for a teacher to do. You got to understand where you've been to understand where you're going. Thelma Johnson Street understood that, too. So when she was approached by the Klan and had her life threatened twice, she leaned into the assignment. She started a new series called Negroes in History, a bunch of murals and a bunch of portraits depicting black people in America doing the things that had created the foundations of America, working, serving in the military, uh, all kinds of different aspects of life in America that were contributed to by black people, uh, including uh, portraits of Harriet Tubman, Paul Robeson, um, pictures of black sailors, black, black industrial workers. Um, she moved to Chicago in 1944, and she started a, a committee that sponsored a series of murals to promote African-American history uh, at the time. So going back just for a moment to our, uh, to our scripture, there were two that really, really jumped out at me. Um, that I think are very, very important in context to what Thelma did. Um, the verse two in uh, Deuteronomy four, just that last bit of it really, really resonated with me. What I'm telling you, pass it on, don't add to it and don't take away from it. Translation, you can't omit something from your history just because it's convenient for you. And we see that and, and that's really important. Deuteronomy 3, uh, the chapter right before the one the scripture comes from, actually spends a fair amount of time talking about some of the not so positive uh, 
aspects of the children of Israel. It talked about some of the conquering they did. You know, they talked about destruction of cities, you know, phrases like leaving no survivors, destroying every city, men, women, and children. You know, that's not usually the context that we see the children of Israel in. And yet Moses did not omit this. He did not take this away because it was who they were. It was where they came from. Even knowing that this was the last chance he was going to get to talk to his people about who they were, he didn't cut out anything just because it was inconvenient. And I feel like if that principle was good enough for Moses, it should be good enough for us. It should be good enough for us today when we see the person that President Biden refers to as the other guy having created a quote unquote 1776 commission to encourage quote patriotic education, saying that teaching the truth about systemic racism is quote a form of child abuse or quote a twisted web of lies. You see it when we see Texas legislators uh, encouraging textbook publishers to soften the narrative about slavery using phrases like workers instead of slaves. It's really frustrating, you know, it's, you know, as a Pittsburgh native and a big Steeler fan, the Dallas Cowboys are enough of a reason for me to have a problem with Texas. But then I hear this and it's like, oh, come on, Texas, you got to do better. We see, we see it in people today trying to paint critical race theory in a light that casts it as unpatriotic and unnecessary because it dares to put forth the notion that race may, meaning definitely, have been a factor woven into this country's systems and protocols. It's just knowledge. It's, it's, what, it's what we're here to do. It's what we're here to learn. It's, it's the truth about who we are and where we came from and how we got here. And yet we have people saying, pay no attention to the racism behind the curtain. We don't want you to talk about that. This is where we draw our thin blue line in the sand. Because the narrative that we've spent the last hundred, several hundred years uh, paints us as the heroes and the righteous and the morally upright. And we're not letting you mess that up for us. The good news is that they have no choice. We're at an interesting sort of historical singularity in that for the first time, history isn't only written by the quote unquote conquerors. We can now know the truth about what happened in Tulsa, Oklahoma in 1921. We can know the truth about what happened last year in Lafayette Square in the wake of the George Floyd murder. We don't have to have the what happened passed through the lens of folks who might have an agenda. Chapter four through nine uh, in Deuteronomy ends with a section of Moses saying, make sure you teach this to your children and, and make sure they teach it to their children's children. So he recognizes the importance of keeping this knowledge because that is how they're going to keep their covenant with God. But they can't do that if they don't remember who they are, where they were, and how they got to where they are right now. It's important. Moses understood the assignment. That's why I'm so grateful to all the teachers who understood and understand the assignment, the teachers who helped me understand the assignment so I can train my students to understand the assignment. Towards the end of her life, Thelma Johnson Street founded Children's City, an art school in Hawaii. She later opened another one in Canada. These schools focused on art, using art to expand cultural awareness and to celebrate diversity. 
like Moses understood the assignment, Thelma understood the assignment. The same way I commit to understanding an assignment. The same way I encourage you to understand the assignment. What is the assignment? Said best in Proverbs 22, 6. Train up a child in the way he should go. And when he is old, or she for that matter, when they are old, they will never depart from it. Thank you again for listening. God bless all of you with knowledge and joy. Thank you again, Pastor Mark. Amen. Great job, Elliot. Yes, giving you some joy, brother. Giving you some joy. So yes, I love that, <clears throat> is understanding the assignment uh, and living into the assignment, but also uh, as uh, Thelma Johnson Street showed us to courageously live into the assignment and to acknowledge always what that is and to not be afraid to speak truth into that as well. Uh, thank you, Elliot, for sharing this. You've tied in a great, uh, uh, just so many things within the message about art plus faith, and art includes music. Art includes the educational component. Amen? So uh, on this day, uh, we're going to conclude our worship service. Um, and as Jace had alluded to earlier uh, in the message, to, uh, in the worship service today, we are going to be going to uh, in-person worship services soon. We are returning to the campus to be in person. That is going to be happening in September. A lot of work is happening. A lot of plans, a lot of preparation. And so we hope that you'll be a part of that as well. We'll continue to keep you posted. Uh, we have two more Art Plus Faith uh, messages. And then we're going to have an outing uh, to the Norton Simon. Right now, that's the goal. Norton Simon outing on August 29th. More information forthcoming this week. Uh, so we'll conclude today's worship service. Uh, for those of us on Zoom, we'll go into our breakout room to discuss the question of the day presented by Elliot. And for everyone, uh, let us enjoy this day. Uh, reconnect with us next week at 1030. Uh, and, and all right, peace.